All right, on this episode of the BIC podcast, we're going to start off with an extended therapy session following last week's live stream where some people caught on it. I'll give a little state of the channel in terms of uh, the editorial side of things, make sure I cover that. And then we'll enter into a little bit of lighthearted fare as we enter towards the Thanksgiving, the giving time of the season, as we head into the holiday season, spiraling towards it with reckless abandon under the auspices and watchful eye of Brett Favre. That and more on this episode of the BIC podcast. Nicely done. Real quick, so you mentioned uh, we're going to have a therapy session. Is that with hmm. Eric's therapist or that other guy? Eric's therapist ran away and lit themselves on fire. All right. I'm glad to see you finally made it off the Anish state, Eric. Last week, we were uh, concerned. We hmm. knew you were very lost. We put up all the wanted posters, milk cartons, all of the other stuff, and uh, we see that you made it back. So, Yeah, I was... Um... I, I missed you guys. Uh, I would have loved to have been on the show, but um, I know we talked briefly before the show started. And it wasn't really conducive to uh, to entertain entertaining uh, content when I was driving down uh, Interstate 90 <laughs> Mass Pike uh, in pitch black, um, you know, coming home from Canada. So uh, we decided that that really wasn't going to work out for us. Um, so I'm glad you guys were able to do it. And, uh, from what Carlos has been telling me, um, th there are, there are people out there that watch our content that were probably quite pleased. I wasn't there. And we, uh, we got to figure out some feedback to that effect. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't blame anybody. Um, I personally wish I wasn't here. Never mind them. So, yeah. Well, I, you're not allowed to leave that room. So we may as well use some use out of you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it is I was a nice road. back from Canada last week. So I had an eight hour car drive. There you go. Now also coming back, not from Canada, but also coming back from Toronto slash Mississauga back to their home place is the AMG Collectibles folks. I want to quickly mention, thank you to AMG Collectibles for supporting the channel and the podcast. And I also want to say, I always talk about amgcollectibles.ca and the AMG Collectibles YouTube channel. This week, the AMG Collectibles podcast will be off. The team is recovering from the trip to the Toronto Expo. Uh, they're going to take some time uh, to get to get right, and then we'll be back on a regular schedule next week. So I just want to make that little uh, programming note ahead of time so that everybody knows. This week, the podcast will not be on. The team is a little under the weather, and they're getting themselves better, and then we'll be able to come back on the normal schedule. But otherwise, check out the website if you want to know a little bit more about what's going on, or check out the AMG Collectibles YouTube channel and check out some of the previous episodes. We've done some podcast episodes already there, and some videos will be forthcoming in the future. So I want to make sure we cover that and... Best wishes on them and speedy recovery. And thank you, VMG Collectibles, for supporting the channel and the podcast. So we're going to do a little format change from the normal. Uh, usually we'll talk a little bit about NFL where uh, Brandon will brag about his team actually being decent. The Packers did win this week, which I I don't know. It was, it was a bit of a Pyrrhic victory. I'm, like, I'm glad they played better, but this doesn't actually help me. I don't, I don't see a playoff run. So I'm like, in some ways, it's like this actually worked against my interest a little bit. But we'll, we'll talk about that here at the end. But there's a couple of things I want to touch off the top. So first of all, uh, I want to say uh, thank you to the folks that uh, gave some great feedback on the live stream this past Friday. And also I've noticed an uptick in views on that live stream as well as 
uh, some new subscribers. So thanks for folks that came by. I know Sports Card Radio shouted out a couple of times. I do appreciate that. I did send them a little thank you. They credited the podcast and the content, so that's always good. But one other thing I want to quickly say about out off the top is I want to say a little editorial thing. It is not my normal standard. Uh, I'm not trying to operate as a watchdog channel. That's not my deal. However, if there is something that I think is worthy, timely, and newsworthy, which that I think that whole sports card therapist situation was, it was definitely worth talking about. And I thought it resulted in a great discussion. And we were able to document and chronicle some of the things before they disappeared off the internet. So it was probably good timing that we were able to showcase some of that. I will actually share another thing with you folks today from the podcast, which is slowly being scrubbed from the internet. So a lot of the main feeds have been uh, removed, but I was able to download some of the episodes, including some of the ones I highlighted. And I actually do have a clip that I'll be sharing with you in a couple of moments. But uh, one other thing I wanted to say quickly from that is just don't expect that. I want to make sure I set the expectation properly. If something similar happens in the future, though, that I think is definitely that is worthy of a discussion or that I know who we're talking about and I have a little background and can offer something, we can bring something to the table as a discussion. I'm always open to doing it. No problem. Happy to do it. Just don't expect that to be the normal programming because I don't go out of my way to seek it out. In this case, it fell into my lap on Instagram. Saw it. I was able to go down the rabbit hole a bit. We found some stuff that was hopefully helpful. Anybody that wants to take it from here and go on with it, hey, have at it. That's awesome. And we're happy that we're able to help in some way or at least get the discussion started. And it's open to continue in whatever venue you want to continue it. Just want to get that off the top. So I want to share a couple of things and then get you guys' takes on it. I think, and we were chatting before we hit record on this one. Part of the reason I think this one stood out, and I think our friend Andy, sports card investigator, actually did a video earlier tonight uh, that took off, and he made the correct point. If somebody was a jag, just a guy, this doesn't get any traction. Because if it's just a regular individual, and it's a show bidding situation, or an alleged show bidding situation, or whatever you want, yeah, maybe it's notable to a small group of people, word gets around a little bit, you share a little bit, hey, don't deal with this guy, block this eBay bidder, you know, they're not acting in an appropriate way. That's about the extent of it. That's the end. But if you have a profile in the hobby at all, deserved, undeserved, that's not my place to, to dictate. But if you have any kind of a profile and you've been on the record saying things or standing on a moral high ground, that's where people look at you and that's where hubris kicks in. If any of you are familiar with hubris, that's a situation where in Greek tragedy, it's your, you know, your self-confidence, excessive self-confidence that then kind of dictates your downfall because you put yourself up on a pedestal. And that's where people are happy to see you get knocked down because you kind of created the scenario Again, hubris. Um, so I'm actually going to play a clip for the guys, and then I want to get their takes on it. So I'm going to play it for you. And I will include a link to this. Um, it is an unlisted video on the channel, but I'll, I'll, I'll include a link to this one and make it available to folks if they want to listen to it in entirety themselves. This is actually an excerpt from the aforementioned formerly existing Sports Card Therapist podcast. And this is episode number 214, a specific clip about it. So I'm going to play it for you guys. And then we'll take a look, closer look at it here. To the magic of editing, I even added a lovely little graphics so that we can remember it. Remember the better times when the logo existed. <laughs> yes, was still on the internet. So I'm going to hit play for you. I have sped it up slightly, just 1.25, but you're going to listen to it. So specifically, this episode is episode 214, previously existing podcast. And the title was Bad Actors or Lapse in Judgment, question mark, with Adam Gray, the real 27 guy. And this clip and a couple of clips I put together here is pertaining to the Shayway Vlogs controversy. If any of you remember when Shayway Vlogs was shilling on his own card. So this is related to shilling, but a different situation. But just listen to what is being said, which is ironic in context of what ended up happening here. And you know what? I think that's a really good just life lesson, even outside of the hobby, right? Like if you get caught in something, 
own it, show humility, try, try to be sincere and, and, and truly feel it. And don't worry about saving face, right? Don't worry about saving face because I think sometimes people want to have it both ways. They want to apologize, you know, be humble, but at the same time, also kind of save face and, and, and throw in a justification for it. And it's like, you, you really can't have it both ways in most cases and in this, in this case in general. And, and, and I love what you're saying. And because I've, I've said it so many times on my podcast and not just not even really talking about hobby stuff or the fraud stuff, but I've always talked about how I believe in second chances, third chances, fourth chances. And I'm not saying I'm going to continually give people like opportunities to screw me over or to screw others over. But what I'm saying is I think it's human nature that we do make mistakes. However, I think it's safe to say that it probably wasn't his first time. It probably wasn't the second time. It's probably been a pattern of behaviors. And I think that's stuff that needs to be acknowledged. But Rob, let me ask you. I'm just going to pause for a second. Do you see the irony in that entire sequence of about one minute? And this was maybe mm -hmm. a month and a half, two months ago on his podcast, talking about some, a different situation. But then I want you to think of the current situation. I'm going to play a little bit more. I've got another three minutes. This is a separate piece of the clip. So I've got it broken up into a couple of pieces. But this is the first part where Rob, the sports card therapist, is talking all by himself specifically about that. In context of where we ended up, how interesting that that's the tact he ended up taking in comparison to what ended up happening. So that's the first piece. I'm going to now hit play again, and I'm going to play a little bit more. Now Adam is going to chime in here, and then Rob is going to keep talking. It's because that's not popular. You know, again, I, I'm at risk in saying that of people like thinking that I'm like part of it or something. I don't know why, because again, like <laughs> I've been very clear, right? Do you think I've been clear? Like, how do you, how do you feel? How do you think? How do you think about what I said? Well, I I don't think that you condone any of this, and and I certainly don't as well. Um, you know, and, and just because we believe in forgiveness and treating everyone, um, you know, with respect and dignity, even though they might not have treated the hobby in certain aspects with those same attributes, well, um, I still think that we we deserve they we. And it's really a selfish thing, right? It's like, I don't vilify him because I feel bad for him. Like, I don't vilify him because I don't want to be the person that starts vilifying people. Like, I don't like what that does to me. I don't want to drink that poison, that internal poison, you know? But what I would say, and I think a little bit of pushback I would have on what you said is, so I had, uh, I interviewed Rick Probstein on my show probably like 18 months ago, and and uh, the subject of Mastro came up. You know, Mastro was involved in just a lot of fraud in the hobby, trimming, all this stuff. I think he even went to prison for a little while. And, um, and you know, Rick Probstein, who is, I think, still friends with Mastro to this day, um, was like, guys, listen, he, Mastro, we need to stop like vilifying guys like Mastro. Like he didn't kill anyone. You know, he did not kill anyone, you know? And, and I, I can remember it clear as day that my response to him was, well, you're right. He didn't kill anyone. However, if, when we're looking at this through a hobby lens, we need to look at what is equivalent to capital punishment, like in mm -hmm. this hobby. So in this hobby, what are the biggest offenses that you can do to others? Right. And, and really up there in my, and I think a lot of our minds are aside from like, robbery and stealing cards out of someone's showcase or, or you know burglarizing someone's house for their cards you know if we're talking white collar type stuff i think you know card trimming and chilling is right up there at the top yeah. so even though i don't want to cancel anyone i don't want to I, I i don't believe in cancel culture i believe that everyone deserves chances right i'm not saying i would ever do a deal with someone like shay you know because of this you know i don't know if i would have him on my show and you know kind of present in arms with him because I'll, of that i'll bet I'll bet you'd think twice, three, four times before doing a deal with him. But would you do a deal with him? Um, you know, I would have to know the particulars. I don't think I would, though. You know, I really don't. I, I think because even though I don't necessarily want to, I don't want to cancel people out and I don't want to vilify people. I also don't want to stand next to them if they're doing things that I definitely don't believe in. How interesting. In the, again, in context. So I didn't play the whole thing. The, the, the entire podcast episode is a different kettlefish. 
But I think that specific, those particular couple pair of snippets, there are two separate snippets that I put together in that, in that compilation there, but they were from the exact same episode talking about the exact same thing. Now in lieu and context of what actually ended up happening less than two months later, Eric, that's, that's poetry. That's, that's beautiful symmetry in terms of where we ended up here. Yeah. It, it, he definitely set himself up back then. Um, you know, it, I'm sure it could happen to all of us that if we, if we, everything we've ever said or, or done has been recorded and we screwed up and went back and I'm sure you could find uh, similar things with all of us, but you know, he, he has a podcast and it, it's out there for the world to hear and the internet is forever, they say. So um, yeah, it, it's, it's not a good look when he talks about, you know, the, the shilling being the worst part and, and um, it, it's, I, I, I'm still, you know, I know it's, I'm, I'm hesitating and stumbling a little bit because, you know, we talked a little bit before the show started and I'm really trying to take all this in after a few days and, and f find out exactly how I feel about it. Um, you know, I don't think this is a, a guy that should be, quote, canceled. I, I think he's digging himself a hole um, by kind of erasing his entire um, history on the internet on with Instagram accounts and, and YouTube and all that. I mean, you really so real quick. To, so real quick, I just want to add to what you're saying, though. We, we kind of discussed when we were talking about it, like in a lot of cases and a lot of instances. And I've heard this in other videos talking about this. In this case, the cover up is worse than the crime. Yeah. The crime is still an issue. We all right. agree it's an issue. And on the Friday, part of the reason I like doing stuff like this instead of a standalone video, because I could have done a standalone video. I've got enough clips and other things that I can play for you where I'd be able to do and play these clips out and then talk through the pieces. But on the, the Friday discussion, we were able to integrate the chat. The chat was able to chime in their thoughts and we were able yeah. to react to them and kind of go back and forth on the discussion a little bit. But the key piece to this is as bad as it was, which everybody agrees is bad. Everybody agrees. Well, maybe some people don't, but most people agree that it's bad. Uh, he has one thing that no, was that he has his supporters. He has he has a fan base. He has friends that that are coming out, you know, in in his corner, and and that's yeah. you know that's good for him personally that he has people in his life. But um, a friend's job isn't to ignore when you make mistakes; it's to call you out on them and support you through them. Um, right. So, you know, there's been a few people out there that are saying, you know, you did nothing wrong and, you know, leave the guy alone and, you know, you know, and all that and, you know, glass houses and the whole thing. But it, just to sum it up, he he put this this now quote, very quotable mega bid in. You got to stand by that. I understand that yeah. he believed he was the victim of a crime. If you call shilling a crime, which I think it, it I don't know how it couldn't be if someone's manipulating you to pay more than you would. Um, I think that's thievery. Uh, so he believed he was, a, he was a victim of a crime and his way of defending himself was not paying. Well, uh, you know, you were foolish enough to put what I, I would estimate as a complete guess, a $2,000 bid uh, on a card that is nowhere near that value. Somebody else 
it seems, probably did their own mega bid, thinking they're going to put up a huge number. And, you know, that nobody is going to beat. So they could secure the card. And you two just sent sent this thing skyrocketing. Um, you can't claim victim if the if the if the other person did exactly what you did. But also key point, honored their side of the bid. Yeah. The underbidder, maybe it was too high, but that's not my concern. That's not my my case to right. figure out. The underbidder, who was no longer bound to, to yeah. honor the bid, they could have been like, all right, put it back up and we'll see what happens with this person out of the picture and let's go. But this person said in this instance, and it was, I believe, Modest Card Collector, and I referred to them in the Friday Live and covered the screenshots and everything with the Instagram stories. And again, credit to them for doing digging to find out you know, what was going on there. They, they wanted to know for themselves and figure out what was going on. So credit to them for that. But the key piece to this puzzle is, in the end, while they may not have wanted to pay that much necessarily as a result of what happened there, they still honored their bid. Oh, yeah. Which is the key point here. And that is where, you know, sports car therapists aired. And regardless of what you believed, that's not the point. The point is you put in this number, you should never put in a number that you were not willing to honor. What yes. if in this, in this case, clearly at least one other person was willing to go there. So therefore... In, you know, reverse situation. What if you did in fact know there was one other guy who was hell bent on getting there and was willing to go up to that level, and now you're here. You've won the you've won the auction. Were you prepared to pay the full amount, like the, the amount in total? Because the whole we we talked about the long drawn out apology that kind of went around in circles and circles and circles. But the truth is, um, it's not an excuse, and that's the reason I played that clip off the top, the one that we just talked about, the podcast one. He was talking about somebody else's, but what, yeah. what was the discussion? Well, I don't know if I could have this person platform. I don't know if I could do business with them, whatever. Well, you just did something that is a faux pas in the hobby on a similar level. And then you also tried semantics. You tried to argue that it wasn't really shield bidding. Well, let me ask a question. And I, and I mentioned this on Friday, but I'm going to repeat it. What is different from an intentional shield bidder, someone who is trying to drive up the price, bidding high, finding out what your maximum is because it would be one increment higher than wherever you went and then retracting the bid before the end of the auction. It's the same action. It's the same net result. You put in a bid, you you effectively found out what the other person's max is and then you didn't pay. You retracted it. You use the mechanism that eBay has on there. Uh, oh, I put punched in the wrong number. eBay will let you do that. Well, effectively, didn't you just do the same thing? You found out what the maximum is and the other person in the end paid their maximum. To the seller, oh, absolutely, yeah. It it is he's it, he's responsible for what he typed in, and, and that's yeah. that. You 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 thought you were going to outfox, you know, the system, right? And it came back and bit you. Sorry, you're still you're still accountable. You have to pay that. You can't say, oh, wait a minute, not fair, not fair, you guys you know, kind of caught me off. You kind of caught my trick here. Sorry. You have to, you have to pay. Right. Yeah, Brandon, and I want to get a couple of thoughts from you on this. It was worse. Um, you know, the nine yes. minute, the nine minute apology in the car, just repeating over and over again. 
And, you know, he, in the video you just showed, he specifically talked about not giving excuses and taking ownership yeah. and not give, I mean, that's what it's nine minutes of just giving the excuse. It's, exact, it's the exact opposite of what he did. That, that's why, that's why that clip is particularly pertinent given where we ended up. So Brandon, I want to ask you a uh, couple of thoughts, a couple of thoughts from you. Uh, one of them is obviously the general issue at hand, also the clip in context with the issue at hand. But then uh, we, we talked about before we started recording that, again, cover up being, you know, exacerbating the issue, making it worse. No matter what, if he had stuck around and was keep doing his podcast and whatever, he's going to get flack. Deservedly so. Like, and what I didn't play for you guys is, and maybe I'll play it at another time here. Um, I also have a clip from his last podcast before he kind of disappeared. Um, in his last podcast, he was bragging about how high he was in the rankings of listeners and podcasts and how much he was doing it at such a higher level than everybody else. So Eric, the hubris, like back to hubris, right. the hubris was off the chart. This guy was riding high. This was literally the last episode before this entire thing came to pass. He was riding high, bragging about how he was producing this high quality podcast content and how other people aren't producing it on the same level. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I, I can pull the clip. That is nearly right. verbatim what he's oh, talking about. Yeah. And then immediately after. So I'm not surprised that there are plenty of people who are deriving a great deal of satisfaction from his downfall. But Brandon, here's my question the delay playing into this though. By getting rid of it, by wiping everything away, there was at least an opportunity if you had come with a more sincere apology and just fallen on your sword, owned it, people are going to snicker, they're going to throw rocks at you, but you can probably power through it. If we learn, we use the example of chasing cardboard. If we learn nothing else, even, to con even with controversy, if you just, you know what, bullheadedly power through it, there's a good chance the hobby will get bored and move on to the next thing. Yeah, I mean, so from what we discussed, you know, previous, you know, I, I said, because to be clear, uh, I haven't watched the videos and all this other stuff and, and kept up with it, but we kind of, you know, talked about it and I got a better understanding of it. The scenario is 100% possible. It, it sounds like he threw a large bid out there, you know, in hopes of winning the car, didn't expect it to go to what he did, and then he backed out of you know he the analogy i used he pissed in the pot but wasn't ready you know wasn't ready to own up to it and then listening to this clip you just played you can tell the guy is a good talker he, he's very good he's a good talker and obviously he's a therapist so you know it's probably part of his profession but he's very also hypocritical mm -hmm. um he says all of these things and it's funny because I the first thing I noticed before you even hit play, the title of the episode, you know, bad actors or a lapse of judgment, I believe is what mm -hmm. it was. That's what it was, yeah. It was this, you know, I, I don't know the guy. I, I have no, never talked to him, nothing like that. But it feels like this was a lapse of judgment. But now he's went into the bad actor segment of it yeah. because if he did an apology video and if it was sincere then let it be you know stick to what you felt you did right and wrong you know that you weren't maliciously intending on harming anyone the circumstances played out you thought you were being taken advantage of Turns out you weren't. Mm -hmm. 
but own up, you know, hey, okay, I screwed up and I didn't pay for it. I should have. That's where, that's the only place he went wrong. But, you know, explain that, leave it be, and then continue on about your business. And hell, the negative comments and the uptick in viewers to go on and troll him or whatever else would probably only help his listeners and his podcasts and his videos and everything else anyway, because the algorithm's going to love it. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, we, we t- you know, I mentioned, uh, the, the Pokemon thing with Don Diego, that was yes. live on camera. Mm-hmm. She admitted to her friend that she she bit his card up and accidentally won it. You know, there's she's still around. PW- she's still around. Exactly. There's the PWCC thing getting completely kicked off of eBay, and whether mm-hmm. folks want to say eBay was in the wrong or whatever, mm-hmm. let's be real. We know shilling has, and I'll use air quotes, allegedly happened. But this dude sits here and mentions Rick Probstein, that he had Rick Probstein on. I knew Eric would enjoy that. I had to play that clip for Eric, included that second piece, because I knew Eric would appreciate the Rick Probstein call out. Hey, he he was shaking his finger going, you can't do that, Rick. No, no, no. He mentions him and Maestro. And then, you know, well, what is one of the first things anybody thinks of when they hear Probstein, right? Mm -hmm. Voila. But then is going to say, that he would never have this other guy on his podcast, which I don't know much about that scenario, which is completely hypocritical because you just said you had Rick freaking Probstein on. Like, dude, like you're not making sense here. You know, so I don't know that he intentionally ran this card up. I think he threw a bid out there, thought it would stick, and it was enough to win the card. He wanted the card. He probably thought it was going to be much cheaper. Another guy must really like Eli Manning, felt the card was worth value, you know, worth whatever, and threw a bid on himself. And then, you know, scenarios played out. And because he has an audience, you you mentioned if he was just a guy, it wouldn't be a big deal. Right. It, it wouldn't. Like, yeah. I mean, he would have go, gotten blocked from eBay and, and some people would have blocked him and that would have been about the end of it probably. Go check like uh, DC Sports 87 who's running cards all the time, every day, you know. Go look at how many cards they relist because they're unpaid bids. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. all the time. Like, Sometimes and, and you I'm have not people that right. You have people who will make videos where they'll share screenshots of bidders on eBay who will brazenly tell the seller they're not going to pay. Like yep. they will flat, they will mock them and they, and they can share a screenshot. So they'll go as far as I don't care if the consequences are so small on eBay as a seller that you, sorry, as a buyer yep. that you, the seller, I can taunt you through the messaging system of eBay, literally admit to you, I have no intention of paying whatsoever. And there's minimum consequences for me as a buyer. So eBay's yep. platform, that's, we focused on that on Friday. eBay is a platform has done a terrible job. But do they have real incentive to curtail it when at the end of the day, they don't care? Shill bidding, if somebody in the end actually pays and the shill bidding was successful and it pushed the price up, it increased the fees because they got a percentage of that sale. So Mm -hmm. even if it works once in a blue moon, they actually make more money from that. They'll make additional fees and additional charges as part of this. So everybody has a hand in this. I think the key though, is that I understand why given the platform that he was granted and it was granted, it was given, you know, you can say earned, we can talk about that, but sometimes we know that 
what hits in the algorithm, what doesn't hit in the algorithm, some of it's timing, some of it's luck, some of it is getting the right shout outs in the right situation. All that is part of the equation. So sometimes, yeah, you might've done some good work and people respect that and appreciate it and therefore pass it along. But sometimes you're in the right place in the wrong time, right time. You, you got lucky mm -hmm. and that's, just accept that. That's okay. But then when you have that platform, then it becomes, and we've talked about that with the chasing cardboard thing. We've talked about that with when Mike Baseball Collector came on and talked about that whole situation on the live stream. When you are at a higher profile and you're seen it, you're put up on a pedestal, you're under the microscope. It becomes even more important that you go out of your way to try to avoid even the look of impropriety. But if something happens, then you have to accept it. You have to own up to it. Like I said, honestly, what would have likely happened if he had stuck around and just, you know, grit his teeth and had to bear it, he would have had to deal with the backlash. He would have gotten some. Eventually, people would have gotten a little bored with it. There's some people that would never let it go. It would always remind you at every turn. And obviously, given the clip that I just shared with you, listen, that's only one clip. I only downloaded three episodes. I started going through them, and I found clips, plural, that are very interesting or very entertaining in context of what ended up happening where he said something that almost immediately would come back to bite him in the ass. Well, I can guarantee you there'd be reaction videos of people pulling these clips themselves and compiling them into like, look at what this guy said and look at what ended up happening and ha ha ha, we're all going to laugh. But you're just going to have to eat it. That's part of this part of the equation. You put all this content out there. You said it. Eric was right. We can have things taken out of context, but that was not taken out of context. I gave you the context. I gave you the episode number and I told you what the episode was about. I didn't add or put words in his mouth. He said those things, gave those examples and went there. And as a therapist, we're going to throw that in there. As a therapist, if he indeed was true to his statement and reasoning of what happened and gave a sincere apology, then he could have used his mistake to potentially help others. Sure. You know, use himself as the example. Put it out there. I screwed up. I did wrong. You know, let's not do this. Try to help the hobby in a sense by using his own mistake as an example. And he could have done that because, again, I haven't followed along all of the details. I don't know this guy very much, you know, other than what we talked about, the situation and everything. Yeah. I... I almost wonder if it wasn't just a dumb mistake of throwing that bid out there and, oh, you know, oh, crap. Well, I didn't want to pay that much, so I'm just not going to pay it and whatever, you know. And it's not right. I'm not saying any of this was right. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that mega bid, as it's coined, was It's a really stupid term, though. I hate, I hate it. It's stupid. I don't think it expected to be where it was. And when it happened, he had this oh shit moment and chose the wrong way to handle the situation and then made it worse by removing himself and all of that, because that just compounds the guilt. That basically says it, it takes all credibility away when you run from the issue instead of just owning up. And he said it. In that in his own clip so he's a hypocrite at this point 
exactly well that that's what that was part of the reason why i thought like i said out of all the clips that i that i pulled from again only three episodes i i, I didn't go through the library like who knows like i have no idea literally from three episodes i was able to find a lot of little gems and that was from just one that was one specific episode and i gave you the the context of it uh just to, that you at least understood what they were talking about what that was specifically broached that topic but one of the one of the pieces there that i thought was like salient given everything that <clears throat> the action of wiping yourself from all these different social medias makes you feel he in that clip he said well it makes you i'm paraphrasing but it makes you wonder if that's the only time or if there's been other times that this has been and in context of where we you know retrospect of where we're, the, those words basically can be thrown back in your face like just yeah. listening to the very wanna, words coming I out of your mouth what what brandon said um because i he made i agree with this point is that I also don't think that, to use um, Rob's own words, I don't think he's a bad actor. I think it was a lapse in judgment. But everything that's happened since has made it so much worse, has made it a story, has mm -hmm. made you question everything about the guy. Um, and th I'll say the same thing now that I said when we were dealing, you know, with that, with that issue with the, with the, with uh, the Dwayne Johnson, the rock auto, if you just left it alone, said you were sorry and powered through, it would have been done in a week, maybe two because of these, these videos that he has that people would have kind of brought up like you did. Okay. Yeah. And then it would have been over. And they would have been on to the next thing. No yeah. one's talking about that that Dwayne Johnson auto card anymore. There's it the was... odd meme here and there, but for the most part, it's died down. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, yeah, there's always going to be a couple that want to continue to drag things out. But listen, I'm still going to keep we got Duke degree because it is one of the great memes of this hobby. Well, that was a huge. That was a good one. That was I'm, a I'm unique, never, circumstantial It's G.I. Joe. It could have been anything else. Eric, I will never let it die. No, that was huge. I mean, that was millions of dollars in fraud. So, absolutely. I mean, that's, yes, absolutely. That, that's, you know. That, Here's that's a question huge. for for you two, because this could have right. went both ways. And yeah. I'm curious on the take. So we're sitting here talking, you know, it would have faded out, but Hobby has a short attention span and something that's else would have happened that would have been, you know, shinier and they would have ran for it like a squirrel. Mm. But the holidays were coming up. Do you think the holidays could have been a reason? He didn't want to deal with it through the holidays. So he's like, all right, I'm just going to remove myself from the situation. I don't want to deal with it. Or should he have just, again, like we were saying, just keep it there? Because people would have had the holidays to distract them a little bit. And it would have even possibly smoothed it over even quicker. <laughs> you know? Holiday. So do you think maybe after the holidays he peeks his head back into the contest oh, space or do you, you stole think my question white? you stole my question so you took the holiday angles a little different my question was just going to be just open-ended is this the last we see is there is there future therapy in our future for from the sports card <laughs> therapist does he seek the redemption arc that was going to be like my question just in general it doesn't have to be just path for the holidays but i'm just Obviously, given the way that the, ho the hobby does have a short memory, we tend to forget some of the things. Other stuff comes up. So maybe, Eric, maybe I'll start with you. I want to – Brandon beat me to the punch, but it's a good question. <laughs> Do we hear from the therapist again? 
I hope so, because I don't think he's a bad actor. I think it's a lapse of judgment. I don't like cancel culture. Um, you know, you, you make your bed, you got to lie in it. You know, so it's like after a reasonable amount of time of, you know, getting pointed at and laughed at, uh, you know, you, you move on. So I hope we see him again. Does it count uh, though? If it does it count though as canceled? Because he, in this case, he canceled himself. Well, that's that's the point. Is yeah, is, is if he just powered through, it'd be so much less of an issue. I don't. I hope he comes back, but I don't know if he will, because you've wiped everything out. You have erased and canceled yourself. It's like he got mad at us, the hobby, and said, "I'm taking my ball and going home." Um, you don't deserve me. He was and a hypocrite of what he said in that clip. And he's gone home <laughs> yeah. and said, screw you. I put all this time and effort and, and podcasting and cards and money and all my, all my uh, professionalism and my advice in, in this hobby and experience. And I've given it all to you. And this is how you treat me. Uh, I'm taking my ball and going home. So that's now, if he does come back, He's got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's what's really, if you had to choose to look someone in the face and get feedback from them, would it be the whole take my ball and go home or I screwed up uh, working on eBay? I, I could handle the, I you know, you made a mistake on eBay uh, feedback a lot better than you kind of being a wuss and you took your ball and went home like a big baby. I'm inclined, I'm inclined to agree that we're there. Like I said, the the action since made it more and gave it more legs than it would otherwise have had if he had taken his medicine. The the, the analogy I would say is take your medicine. Yeah. You're not going to like it. It's not, not going to feel good. No, uh, and like I said, the, the memes were merciless in the first couple of days, but guess what? The memes aren't going to go away. You're, you're going to be a hobby punchline for a while. You know, those me- in reality, I kind of in the, in the same realm of we got duped agreed. Steve Hart still exists. He's still out there. He, he became a meme. Um, you know, Logan Paul is Logan Paul is United States champion in the WWE. These guys don't go away. They they hang around and do other things and whatever. But they uh, but you know they got to be willing to take some shots along the way for that to happen. Here's another well, good, action. Go ahead. I was just gonna say real quick. That's a huge like. Look at the scale of what happened with that whole scenario. Okay, that was a million dollar transaction, a million plus dollar transaction that you had Steve Hart, Logan Paul, Pokemon, you know, but then you had Mealy Pops and what is the other dude? Card Kahuna. Yeah, that's right. Mealy. I think you had Shine involved in some of that too, right? You had Shine involved in some of that too. Well, Shine was the original purchaser. No, I understand, but he was part of the overall conversation and the whole story, yeah. Yeah, he's the one that basically got taken advantage of on the bad box and then transferred it off to Logan. But, Mm. you know, all of the guys, to my knowledge, outside of maybe Card Kahuna, which sounds like he took the money and ran and went partying, um, they're still operating. They're still doing their thing, right? I, I think... I, I think the point to this whole conversation we've had is a yes. Again, I'm going to say it. He was very hypocritical. Mm-hmm. B. Instead of erasing all of the content, 
he should have just, if he was truly sincere with the apology. And people aren't great at YouTube apologies. It's all over everywhere. People suck at YouTube apologies. So screw that part of it. But do the apology. And if he was sincere and truly believed in what he said, then just go radio silent. Don't do anything. Just kept the content, kept the Instagram, whatever. Let people post whatever the hell they want. You know, let them get it out of their system. And then maybe do an interview with somebody. Take some questions. Answer some questions or whatever to move back in and start doing your content again. You know, car, uh, Chasing Cardboard did the same thing. Now they erased the video, but for the most part, they weren't putting out a lot of videos. They weren't making a lot of Instagram posts. They weren't flooding the gates. They were kind of riding the wave and then eased back in to normal, regularly scheduled programming. Yeah. And I think if he would have just done that, done the, the, done the apology, said, you know, even said, hey, I'm going to take a little bit of time and then let people get their keyboard warriors out, you know, until their fingers got arthritis and then started doing their thing again. He would have been fine. But this was the wrong way to handle it. A week, maybe two. That's that's it. So oh, if you recall, though, what's funny is in the end, the result, it still happened. But if you remember when Mike Baseball Collector came on the live stream and we're talking about the chasing cardboard thing, literally, and I can go find that clip. It's there. Literally, I said to him, if nothing else happens, if nobody says anything, nobody says anything silly, it'll be gone in a couple of, in, in a week or maybe two. It's the same kind of timeline, you know. And again, it was it was a thing. There were a lot of videos, a lot of reactions, a lot of it too. I might have made a few, but the point is, it was a, there was a lot of those things. But even still, to this day, if you go to Chasing Cardboard, they've got new episodes. I'm not watching them because to me, that was like, nah, I'm good. But other people do. Other people still watch them and they enjoy it for what it is. And they're still churning their content out there. And I don't know if it's better or worse than it was before, but it's still there. Either way, it's still there and he's still chugging along. Let me ask uh, one more question, though, and kind of put a button on this. So uh, believe it or not, folks, uh, from listening to the podcast, this is where 5% more mature content gets you. I think this was a very, I think this was a very good discussion. I think it was a very solid conversation and we got to have a lot of different takes and a lot of elements to it. But let me pose this question to you both. Then I, I'm in the same camp of, of Eric in the sense that I think, well, I should say, he says he hopes. I think he will. I think at some point he'll be convinced to come back. Uh, I think he'll, his friends will circle the wagons. They've already been doing that. I think they'll circle the wagons at some point he'll be convinced to come back. But here is my question. Follow up. In lieu of what ended up happening, in lieu of shutting himself down and doing all that, he had a few sponsors and things that he had been doing in the past. He had been doing stuff with PWCC, and I don't know if he's had too many other ones, but he, he's had some in the past. It's kind of a twofold question. One is, do these companies, the answer is kind of yes, but I, if you want to expand on it, go for it. Do these companies really need to start doing a better job really carefully vetting who they decide to get in bed with? like making sure that whatever content they're doing, because as I said, when I played that clip, that's something that get thrown back in your face if you ever fall on the wrong side of the tracks. Stuff like that. And the more of that kind of stuff you say, the more people can throw back in your face because you actually did say it. We don't have to guess. You did say it. Is this a situation that we've had a couple of these now? Does this put a little bit of a cool? It's our, The market's already down. 
does this put a little bit of a cooling on some of the sponsored content? I'll go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. I'll, I'll let you go first. Uh, no, no. Uh, we're a small niche. Um, it isn't like uh, Coca-Cola is, is using the hobby and hobby influencers in, in these shows to get this. I still business. have a dream, Eric. I know. Um, you know, it's, it, it, we're a very small niche and the, and the, even the biggest companies in that small niche need to advertise. And the only place they can advertise is, is through, you know, play, you know, uh, platforms like this. Um, so they're going to go to the people with the biggest numbers who produce the most content and offer them probably very, very little. I don't think I don't think anyone's getting paid a hundred thousand dollars to um to to represent PWCC on their YouTube channel. Uh but you know, even if it's only a hundred bucks, you know, someone's oh sure, absolutely. And now uh, look at where we're um you know a sponsored show, and that's that's a big deal. So they're gonna continue doing that. I think they do some due due diligence, you know. Um, there's definitely and I'm not naming any names, uh, but there are definitely content creators out there that um, nobody is going to want to do business with. Their, mm -hmm. sure. their content is poor. Um, they're negative. They are constantly putting their foot in their mouths. Um, you know, they're just, you know, they're brick shy of a full load. But there's others that are doing a good job represent themselves well enough and they just all they're looking for is those subscriber numbers and they're looking for you know average watch per video and if those numbers are up high enough they want to have that that you know what i think they're called bugs right um in the in the industry when it says like pwcc up in the corner i think that's called a, a bug uh, you know, in the Look at screen, him drop lingo on us, Brandon. Look at him. Or, um, <laughs> or scroll like we have with our, our sponsor of, uh, you know, AMG Collectibles. You know, that's, they want that. Yeah. And we're such a small niche that if, if, if all of a sudden I, I say something absolutely deplorable right now, AMG will simply just pull their sponsorship. Oh, 100%. I, I think, though, what's interesting, and I, I generally agree with your, your general sentiment. I think that's fair. But the only reason I'm I'm asking and posing the question is that, like I said, part of the reason that, uh, that Rob kind of started feeling himself and got to that point where he started kind of bragging about where he, was, where he stood and compared himself to really the only other bigger one in the space, he was saying, I think in the conversation, like I said, I've got the clip. I can always play it back later if we need yeah. to. But the point is that he was comparing himself to, to Geoff, everybody's favorite, Jeff Wilson, because again, that's the biggest content creator in terms of followers in the space. So if you're even close by, you're like a close number two and hanging in there, you know, in terms of listenership and people forget YouTube is one thing. We're doing this on YouTube. That's the main hub. I always try to draw people towards that main hub because it's, it's there, but I do have an audio version of it as well. If someone wants to listen to it, um, you don't get the full experience of it, but it's still either way you can listen to it or you can watch it. But YouTube is one thing. Uh, it's got discovery. It's got that element of it. We can show visuals. We can do those things. But then some people, yeah, they're in the car or whatever, or they're working out and they just want to listen to their podcasts. But if you've got a lot of listenership, that has value too. 
That's why there are sponsors related to that kind of thing that's separate from anything happening in this format or even on Instagram or that kind of influencing or anything like that. But the only reason I, I question is that I agree that I think there's still going to be plenty of companies who still want to do it because they need those eyeballs wherever they can get them. But I think though, if you're in the, if you put yourself in the wrong place and your brand is based on being a quote unquote pillar of the hobby, that can hurt the brand enough where you lose those eyeballs and then it's just not interesting anymore. And as a brand, you also don't want to necessarily associate with someone who is in a position to get toppled so easily or so hard. Because if you're kind of treading the middle, it's kind of hard to go wrong. Like unless you literally go way, way in one direction or another. If you're just kind of treading the middle and you keep it pretty even keel, mm-hmm. most sponsors, it's pre- it's safe. It's considered to be safe content. It's, it's the G-rated content that you don't have to worry about somebody necessarily. Unless they just lose it and don't care and then whatever, whatever happens. I'm just curious. Since it is a niche though, there's there's less choices in the space, so less sponsors too. We manufacture ridiculousness. Uh, we're not hobby watchdogs. Uh, we're not doing it, you know, we're not 20, 20 or 60 minutes. Um, we manufacture ridiculousness. We don't take ourselves seriously. Um, I actively on Fridays tell people not to watch our show. Um, I, you know, yell and swear at the audience, uh, call them names. And yet people en- enjoy the the ridiculousness. I don't know if, other than our friends at AMG, if anyone else would want to sponsor that ridiculousness. But <laughs> I like the fact that we we don't have that extra added responsibility. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love someone to start sending me a check every Friday, but that comes with more responsibility. Okay. And the dream of crumble cookies lives, man. Dream I of crumble cookies lives. I want the cookies, okay? And I will act less ridiculous on Fridays if I can get cookies. Mm. Um, I wouldn't have as much fun. So I'd have to be like, excuse me, Joshua, I would request uh, your silence, please. <laughs> Sponsored you know? by Crumble Cookies. Yeah, that's not that's not any good. You know, people want to hear me tell Josh to shut up. <laughs> Go ahead, Brandon. <laughs> you were saying? Well, I was just going to say, so to touch on your question. Yes, please. You, you were... You know, to refresh, you were asking, do you think there's going to be less sponsorships? And I'm going to go a little bit deeper on this because it's, and I'm going to go back to the word hypocritical. Mm -hmm. Okay. The companies in the space are, in many cases, way too relaxed on who they're handing these quote unquote deals out to. There's very little Mm -hmm. vetting. There's at times very little, even knowledge within the company um, or the company. I argue sometimes they don't even watch the content. They just look at the view counts. Well, and vice versa. Sometimes the people Mm -hmm. being sponsored don't really know the company that they're even being sponsored by. There's okay. It's a check. You know, the number's good, you know? And so it goes both ways. But then to go further on that, how many of these companies themselves have had or still may have controversial aspects or things that are shady or, you know, shouldn't be happening in this hobby? Unfortunately, as sad and as 
fun as sports cards can be, it has a very deep, dark side to it of shadiness and BSing. So it's kind of hard to say, well, we're just not going to sponsor anybody anymore if they're not doing shit very legitimate themselves, you know? So do I think it would change? No, because as you mentioned, you know, this is, this is basically the sports card TV. Where else are they going to have commercials up? Unless fanatics starts throwing them out on, you know, Fox and ABC and CBS and ESPN and everything and tying it in with their, you know, merchandise commercials or whatever. Where are these companies getting advertised? So, no, I, I don't think they will. No, I think it'll continue as business and, you know. And, and sponsorships, too, are kind of a, I guess in the YouTube sense, kind of a newer thing. Like, there wasn't a ton of people that had sponsorships, you know, not long ago. And then they started, yeah. you know, it seemed like you could just go pick one up anywhere. Yeah, so. I think it started during the pandemic when the money was there. Um, you know, yeah. I, I don't recall, it doesn't mean that it wasn't there, but I don't recall watching content that had sponsorship before the pandemic. Now, I'm sure that was there or whatever, but I don't recall it. And then the pandemic hit, cards are worth, you know, billions and billions of dollars, you know, worldwide. And all of a sudden, every show's got sponsorships, multiple sponsorships. Um, I mean, there was some during the pandemic that they were like commercial breaks, it, you know, at, at points of the uh, of the shows. So they they jumped in with both feet, having to get, you know, their their brand out to the you know the public. The con the, the views are way down now because people are no longer trapped at home, and the money has dried up in a lot of areas. And you don't see as many shows that have um, sponsorship anymore. And you don't see as many sponsorships out there. Probably because some of the companies don't even exist anymore. That, I was going to say, that's a, that's a big piece. That's a big piece of it. And the, the normal attrition took care of that situation yeah. a little bit. And by the way, Eric, I'm going to push back on that concept. I will have you know that the viewing numbers on nonsense are booming. They're yeah. strong these days. <laughs> It's like this, the niche of a subcategory of a niche still holding strong. And and and, and I'm very, listen, uh, seriously, again, uh, we're 5% more serious here. Um, I'm very proud of that. I'm proud of what we've done over the last three years. I mean, I think you've done a great job growing this growing this uh, brand. And the numbers are, are proving that. I think we're getting better all the time. Um, but, you know, I also realized that when, I, I came on board three years ago or so. There were, you know, there were, there were, there was, there were more options for viewers to watch content. Yeah. Now, people who still want to watch content, you, they are much more limited. Um, and well, I'm glad that they, that they still are interested in what, nonsense we put together um as a team you know with with us three and and bobby and brad and and yannick and and you know and all the other people that join us periodically and um are a part of you know what we do um 
you know, but most importantly, the the the, the viewers who participate on Friday nights in the chat. I, I stand by that that chat on Fridays is the most important thing. And as long as people keep typing away on Friday nights, I don't see why. Even we, even with loud keyboards? Even, no, how do you feel about loud, loud keyboards? No, the jerks with loud keyboards need to knock that crap off. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's really about those those constant people, the same names every week who, who are there with us every Friday. Um, my appreciation for them is, is, is very great because we wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing this on Mondays and shown on Tuesdays if it wasn't for what you have built on Fridays. So silver flagship and, and so many people that were there three years ago, on youtube are gone the, some of these companies that were sponsoring those <laughs> those shows on youtube three years ago so the companies are gone um whoa you know, but here we are still to, and, to, just just to step in on that because he's right i'm a perfect example like i used to do content pretty regularly i, I might not have been every day and i didn't have like a, a set schedule but i don't do hardly any if i do a video i think it shocks people now and when I, the ones I do are my previews and reveals and stuff for the grading submission still, but I, I stopped doing the content and in all honesty, it was more, it was kind of burnout, but it was burnout because it wasn't fun anymore. It was so much drama driven that it soaked the enjoyment of doing the videos because it was so like the videos are are backed like even the the popular channels are mostly newsy channels and it's kind of like cutting the tv on at five o'clock you know it's not about a lot of the fun and, and good things of the hobby it's usually news about unfortunately things like we've been talking tonight but that's what drives the algorithm. That's what people talk about. And just as I said, it's fun and it's exciting. And, you know, we've done this since we were innocent children, sports cards or whatever. There is a dark side to it. And now that we are adults, we are discussing it more. Because when we started this as kids, we didn't know that the dark side was happening. We were innocent and ignored that. And now we know all about it. So... You know, that's, that's the unfortunate part to it. And, you know, it is, you, you have to pick and choose your lanes and find the path that you enjoy. Nice. Now, before we uh, take off here and go to the next, uh, next section, like I said, it's the reverse of the normal setup. So those of you who wanted to get our sports card therapy session, we have, we've concluded the sports card therapy session, but as a button on this whole piece, what Eric was basically talking about how there are less channels and therefore those that survive are able to then, you know, hopefully, if they're doing the, you know, if they're doing things that people enjoy, are able to pick up some of that momentum means, Eric, it means that this channel has benefited and been buoyed by one of the best words in the English language, Eric. You know what that is? Default. Yes. 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 Simply by existing and surviving, you losers. Default. Yeah. I win. You win. Yeah, last last survivor. Yeah. I'm very proud. I'm very proud, Brendan. 
This is a proud moment. As soon as Eric started explaining that, I was like, that sounds an awful lot like default. I love default. Yeah. That's the best way to win. Default. And you know, I, I I'm curious, like these 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 channels that were prevalent and popular three years ago that are no longer in existence. If they all came back tomorrow, would they have the same viewer numbers? You know, or people be like, "Nah, you've been gone three years. I'm 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 done with that." I think there yeah, was not even that. Would enjoy, you know, but. I was just going to say, it's not even that about them being gone and all of that, but I really think the hobby in general is a lot on a, on a smaller scale. It may not feel like it, but I feel it's, it's decreased a bit. Yeah. Well, I, I think we, we got to remember when we measure the hobby and this could be its own separate discussion. So I won't go, I won't go too far into that rabbit hole, but we'll, I'll quickly touch on it, but it's a very important thing. Whenever somebody talks about this, we have to define, like, what do you consider the hobby to be? To me, the flippers and transient folk are part of this equation, too, because guess what? When they come in, they're spending money. So that, that's part of the equation. If you want to talk about how the market gets impacted, we have to consider that. If you want to talk about how content is consumed, we have to consider that. So one of the things that happened was there were the, you know, for many years, even going back previously to 2016, contrary to what some people believe, there was content prior to 2016, believe it or not. But even going back in those days, it was a lot of very collector-oriented collector base, and there was zero sponsorships because there was nothing that warranted sponsorships. There's nothing that had enough traction. It was very those, – those collector channels still exist. Some of them did lose interest because, well, it's hard to make videos if no one's watching or listening. The engagement isn't there. You're not really interacting with anybody. Then – you're not going to keep doing it indefinitely to, you know, talking to an empty room or talking into a void. It's very difficult. It's very tough. But a lot of those channels that cropped up, especially as the boom kicked in, was because the money was there. All of a sudden, you know, there was a lot of movement. Things were happening fast. If we if folks who do watch the channel remember back even a year or two, well, I would say two years ago, two years ago, uh, there were two live streams. The Friday is the flagship, but the flagship started on Sunday. It was on Sunday night live stream that became a Friday night live stream, but there was a stretch of time where there was a Friday and a Sunday night live stream because there was so much going on that we could have a conversation on Friday and have a completely different set of conversations, not necessarily related to what was being talked about on Friday on Sunday because and there was enough like, to talk about. And they were seven hours long. Yes, they were. I, I can't <laughs> do that anymore. I can't. I just Beautiful. can't. It was a golden era. A golden, it was a golden era. era, and I was going to bed at three in the morning, and I couldn't do. I can't do it anymore. Eric's an old man. He's lost his ability. But the point is, though, there was enough to talk about to warrant it, because it wasn't just being filled. It's like talk was happening constantly during that time, even during all that. Today, it's scaled back, relatively speaking. There's still stuff to talk about, but I always joke about it at the beginning of some of the live streams. There's some weeks where, like, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. We find something because we're talking about anything and everything, you know, hobby and, and beyond. But the point is that, you know, it, it's it's a hangout at that point. It's a chat. It's a conversation. But with the other one, we could literally fill it with new stories, new happenings. This is going on. This is going on. This is going on. That was different. When that was happening, you had a bunch of those flipper channels. It's not that they don't exist anymore, but the ones that have survived, you know, their version of default in their niche, in their category are the ones that are showing you things from a certain perspective, a certain angle. The production values, if you watch, has increased because there was a time where you could be a vlog going to card shows 
literally just have a camera and be very basic. Now you go, look, ah, they're pretty well edited, a bunch of them. There's a little bit going on. They, they'll throw some sizzle into it, you know, put some tricks into it to make it look a little more interesting, throw giveaways. Do all, they've got all manner of gimmicks to try to make it a little more interesting. So the audience that they've retained is still there for them, but there's just not enough room. There's not enough oxygen in the room to, to take care of all those bodies. So they had to go away. And if they tried to come back in today, they would just cannibalize each other because there just isn't enough oxygen in the room to sustain them all now. Yeah, yeah, there isn't. I agree. There, is, there isn't enough to discuss that would keep people's attention. Um, yeah, I know we we joke about Clubhouse. Well, you guys make fun of me about Clubhouse, and that's fine. Deservedly so, yes. Go on. Deservedly so. There were times three years ago where there was no less than 50 people in Clubhouse um, 24, 24 hours straight. There was never less than 50 people. Today, uh, middle of the afternoon, uh, I, I popped in to see what was if anybody was doing anything. I was, I was driving from point A to point B, and I was like, hey, I wonder if anybody's in Clubhouse. And it was just my, uh, this, my buddy Jeff. Um, who actually lives in Massachusetts and who I just saw the other day at a, at a show at Foxborough stadium where the Patriots play or pretend to play. And, um, it was, I mean, it's a lot's changed. It's me and Jeff in a clubhouse room where there used to be 50 people for 24 hours straight. Cause we had, you know, we had like, you have people in different time zones. We had people in Australia in there. We had we had Eric Myers, who's in South Korea, in in there during a different time zone. We have we have um, friends that are in England that are in a different time zone. We have East Coast, West Coast, uh, Hawaii. Um, we had people from all over. You know, people that had third, you know, worked second or third shift and slept during the day and we're up at night all sorts of different things and there was constantly 50 people in that room talking about the hobby and today it was me and jeff so a lot has has changed and on on so, on platforms like this like youtube like um podcasts like clubhouse a lot has changed on those um card platforms hobby platforms is that is that a reflection, though, necessarily of the hobby, or is Clubhouse just more like MySpace, where at one time it was the greatest thing ever, and now, like, nobody uses it? Or is it a function of you guys adopting Highlander rules, and now you and Jeff was fight because there can only be one? Well, next time I see Jeff, well, him and I have to discuss that. <laughs> I, I got my own... Brandon, I have my own theories. I have my own theories. I have concerns. But since you brought it up, so quickly, before uh, before I, I shift over, and folks that were enjoying it, hopefully you enjoyed that, kind of touched on a lot, a couple different topics, a couple different categories, plus I got to be default. It was great. I enjoyed it so thoroughly. But before I shift over, uh, is there any other class closing thoughts on the sports card therapy session that we just had? Don't mega bid and... Hmm. Um, if you do honor the bid, yeah, yeah. If you got it, if you're going to, you got to be prepared to pay it. Yes. And don't ever do the "I'm taking my ball and going home" because it yep. makes you look don't, worse. 
don't piss in the pot if you're not going to flush. Amazing. Sensational. Thank you. Thank you, Bubbles. We gotta right. get that coined with Mega Babe. I guess so. I guess that's I guess that's what's gonna have to happen. That is some, that is some southern logic right there. I'll tell you. There you go. So since uh, Eric brought it up, let's touch on this. Uh, do you want to quickly run down a couple of things related to that card show? What was the card show? What was going on with it? And what was the experience with it? So we'll touch on that. And then we'll close off with a couple of thoughts on the NFL thing just to kind of end off the episode. So like I said, guys, we did this in reverse. We did the big heavy topic off the top. We covered a lot of ground. And then we'll finish off with a couple of lighter topics uh, before we head off on into the sunset for another episode. And then we'll be back next week with a normal formatted thing. Unless somebody does something crazy or lights themselves on fire. Who knows? Always possible. Eric, card show. What happened? Yeah, it, it was a very unique card show. Um, there is a, a company here in Massachusetts um, run by uh, a gentleman by the name of Chris Costa that is called Card Vault. Um, they specifically deal with high-end uh, cards, and they have, like, boutique shops um, around the the stadiums of the professional sports uh, here in Boston. So they have a boutique shop uh, right by Foxborough Stadium, where the, where the um, you know, Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, where the Patriots play. And they had a card show there. And this was their first one at that venue. They've done Fenway Park. They've done the TD Garden. And now they're doing Foxborough. And it was really, really cool. The, the setting was great. You were on one of the premier levels um, at the stadium indoors. Uh, and, but you could walk out these glass doors to, 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 you know, the best seats in the house and overlook the stadium. And you can walk around the state, you know, the field if you wanted to get down there and all this stuff. It was really, really cool venue to 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 be at. Um, I have not been to Gillette in several years. The last time I was there was for a concert. And what really took me back uh, was took me aback was looking down on the field. You realize that field is the same size as the one at the high school at your local mm -hmm. high school. It's not very big. And, you know, on TV, it looks enormous. You know, you got these 300-pound guys in there taking up all this space, and it still looks enormous. And you try to figure out how these multi-million dollar professional football players can't get from that side of the field to that side of the field on every try because it's, it's so small. How in the world can they not do this? You know, but... Obviously, it's a very difficult game, but just looking at an, a, a mostly empty stadium, you're like, that field is tiny. What the hell is the problem? I like that Eric realized that 100 yards is 100 yards. Yeah. Because if you if you golf at all, 100 yards is like a sand wedge. <laughs> like, if you go on any golf, like think about a football, a football field. Think of the dimension, 100 yards, right? Yeah. 100 yards is like a sand wedge. Go grab yourself. It's it's a wedge shot into the green. Like it's not it's not really that far if you think about it. I've Have you ever seen? How do the kickers not not make every single kick from one side of the field to the other? It's, I mean, good lord, it's so it's tiny. Have you ever been to uh, an arena league game? Oh, the no, fifty yard field. 
<laughs> I think there's 60, but it, it's 60. on a basketball court. I mean, it's yeah, basically, like yeah. the basketball arena. Yeah. And that really because, puts it in perspective. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because it's it's like they're, they're almost playing like a bouncy version of football. It's actually a lot of fun, though. It's high yeah, 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 on. I'd actually like to go to one. The show itself um, was not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very football heavy, understandably. It, believe it or not, it was soccer heavy. Um, the New England Revolution also play at Gillette Stadium. Um, hard I, next to zero um, hockey, even modern. Um, usually, you'll have like one or two people that are hockey dealers that are at shows like this. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, and some guy's junk box. I I picked up, you know, these, you know, I, I don't. He they're in a lot. He said, you know. I, I thought these were cool autograph cards. So I, you know, I grabbed these for like, you know, five bucks each, but I was also with uh, this gentleman, Jeff, that I was talking about earlier, who is one of the, like, he's like number one on the set registry at PSA for like vintage basketball sets. Um, he's kind of a, he's really into that. He's been on Jeremy's show talking about his, you know, being so high on the set registry and things. He couldn't find, he spent no money. I mean, this is, this guy is, is somebody who's out looking for, you know, high end vintage basketball. And he did not spend one penny except to get in. So, so that was two of us, one who's looking for vintage hockey, one who's looking for vintage basketball and neither one of us spent, you know, I mean, he spent nothing. I spent like 10 bucks. At a football stadium that was very tiny, according to what you were explaining. I perceived it to be small. I, you know, it's, <laughs> you, you, you expect an NFL field in a stadium just to be this massive thing. And, you know, it's, it's actually quite small than what you would see on TV and imagine in real life. It's interesting that a guy that's number one, you know, or whatever, wherever Spotty is in a niche, because, and I say niche because there's like vintage basketball is potentially the most niches of sports for cards because there was so, so much breakup in the years of when they did the sets for basketball. There's a couple of very specifically defined gaps that are very funny because I think you yeah. go from, I want to say you go from 48 to 57, 57 to 61, and then 61, there's another break. They've literally yeah. got these gaps. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't shock me when you said that was his thing and that he didn't spend a dime because I wouldn't, like, I'm sure he goes to many shows and doesn't find anything he needs. If he's searching for, cards to upgrade or fill in holes in his registry or whatever so that that doesn't shock me yeah so um i also had the pleasure of uh for the second weekend in a row being around um our our good friend tim mchenry uh also known as timmy two hats from uh, slab strong now from uh bcw he was there 
uh, representing BCW and, and walking around and, and, uh, you know, wheeling and dealing and doing his thing. And did he um, throw card holders at you? No, it didn't. He, he, he usually throws things at me, but usually they're not uh, slab strong. So they're like rocks. No, but you could insist <laughs> on him throwing top loaders at you or one touches. He has access to these. He things. does. I should. I, and then those would be worth. He some. could throw them upside down. Yep. That's as they Even should better. be. Even better. Um, I had I, other friends that were there. Um, you know, somebody I'd, I'd love to have come on the Friday night show at some point um, and talk about his his company is, um, you know, my friend Dan uh, Patel, who does, um, you know, stand up displays and makes these kind of a things that you can, you know, put on your desk and hold your cards mm -hmm. up and stuff. So, you know, there's um, he was there. He had a booth. So we got to see him. So, you know, the, the social aspect was great and the venue was great, but the show was really small. Um, we may have had like 50 tables and it was foot, very football heavy. Mm -hmm. How was the amount of traffic though? In the, in the time you were hanging out there, was it heavy foot traffic, light foot traffic? Uh, I, I, there was, there was a good number of people cause they also had um, a lot of autograph guests so there was a lot of interest in getting autographs from former Patriots players. Um, but I I didn't see a lot of cash going back and forth. I saw a lot of people looking and, you know, standing around and looking or asking, are you buying? Um, what was the entry fee? $15. For a 50 table show, that stadium. seems aggressive. Well, when you're at uh, this type of venue, that's what you're going to have to pay. If it Jeff, was I, I would a VFW call, you pay five. No, no, but here's the thing, though. I, I would, I, I can live with the, the whole venue. That part I get. But my thought is, though, if you're only going to have a fifty table show, then you're not really maximizing. Like, I don't feel like I'm getting my my value as an attendee for a fifteen dollar yeah, I mean, ticket. It, it may have been a, a little bit more, but this wasn't. Uh, you know, this wasn't a major card show by any means. They, they didn't have hundreds and hundreds of tables. Sure. Um, Did they charge you parking? No, no, okay. which was great. Yeah, no parking was parking was free. Uh, you just had to pay an admission. Uh, God help you if you wanted to eat something there though, because they had the same vending prices as if there was a game. So you'd bankrupt. Oh hell no! Get food. What you're saying, Eric? <laughs> what, you're, what it sounds to me, you're saying is you're saying you needed meat, guy. Yeah, yeah. Well. Me, Tim, uh, Michelle, who was who came but was off through doing some shopping around Patriot Place. There's all these different stores and, and things around the football stadium now. She went off and did that. Uh, my daughter and some of her friends were off doing other things uh, in the area also while I was hanging out with everybody. But we all met up and, and had lunch at um, at a restaurant in the in Patriot Place. So. Yeah, that was fun. It was more of a social thing. It was, it was that, that part I really enjoyed, but the show really wasn't for me. But if you're, you know, if you have money and you are really into football, it was a hell of a good show. You're talking about like, like button money? Well, I, I, I don't even have like button money because you've taken it all. I, we will have to test that there. Focus on the YouTube I was side. only able to buy two cards like for 10 bucks because I'm I'm poor now. Because mm. you take it all.
Mm-hmm. How you and got I plan to take more of it. Deposit. How you got direct deposit to my bank account, I'll never know. I have people on the inside. Clearly. Wait, 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 wait. Let's rewind this. Only one specific thing? Go on. <laughs> You're sitting there complaining about money, but you just literally said you spent more to get into the venue than you did on the two cards. Yeah, 15 bucks to get in. I just wanted to clarify and make sure everybody caught that. Yeah. Okay. Does the man who just flippantly throws 10, 15, dollars He paid $15 to enter to buy two $5 cards. Let, let, mm-hmm. let that sink in. I was kind of hoping that would have been more, there was not. (laughs) And he was so rich, he didn't even need Tim to throw supplies at him. He goes, I I shall purchase my own supplies at full price, please. Please. We've had that conversation before. Remember, Uh, he wanted to buy a card and said he was negotiating because he wanted the damn one-touch free because he was going to spend $100 on a card or something. Mm -hmm. Yet he doesn't get Tim to just throw the supplies at him, and then he would have just paid the person the extra $5 for the card. That was was in San Antonio during the the, uh, plastic crisis during the pandemic, and I had to negotiate a uh, magnetic holder, a mag holder, to put my Ken Dryden Mickey in. Yep. Mm. I, I pay attention to your stories. Mm. Uh, my phone does. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. So let's uh let's transition over. So thank you for the show report. We got a sense of the vibes. We got a sense of the vibes. So let's transition over. It's like Mr. Bobbles, is there anything you'd like to say about your team in the footballs? Well, my team played on Thursday this week. Mm-hmm. And we did win because like last we week we 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 had the game. And lost. I, I don't know how that happened. But, and not that I wish injury upon anyone. But we are two weeks in a row of taking out a divisional opponent's quarterback for the entire season. There's only one team left. I don't know if that's a good thing, bad thing, if they should be scared. But I also want to throw out, and this ties into the Ravens. Mm. And our buddy, you know, Dolphins fan extra, do not... Talk smack about Joe Flacco. So, Eric, hold on. I I need to give a little context. I need to give a little background. I'm not going to go too deep on this, but we refer semi-regularly to Discord. We are in a Discord with Sports Card Anonymous and other folk. We will name them only as is appropriate. We want to make sure we keep that. But let's just say there are some content creators, no therapists, thankfully, but other content creators that we know that may be known in the YouTube space who are in there. And we talk a lot of smack especially during football season. There's a lot of smack talk happening. But one of the gentlemen that he's referring to, who normally I pick on, and this is how great it is. <laughs> I I, ha- I have a little bit of admin power, so I can put a timeout on somebody. So Eric, see, abuse of power. But I have yet to abuse my power, even though I could. So I like I like to pick on extra. It's fun for me. He's a Miami Dolphins fan. And because he's a Miami Dolphins fan, I pick on him. Even though there's really no reason for me to. There's no rivalry. It's just it's fun to pick on him. But he made the mistake. He made the mistake of, <laughs> of somehow picking on Joe Flacco indirectly, ma- indirectly making fun. Of him. And then all of a sudden, Bobbles goes over there and flips switch and woke up and chose violence. He just goes <laughs> after this man. He's like, I'm just sitting there. <laughs> me, a guy who likes picking on this dude, is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I literally had to pull up the Macho Man meme. That was savage. 
It's like, whoa, whoa. It's like, Bobbles Wayne's, he went in straight. It's like, he's just hammering away. It's like, stop, he's already dead. Oh, my God. I was just proving a point that Joe Flacco has <laughs> more Super Bowls in 15 years since he's been a rookie than the Dolphins do in 51 years. Don't talk about the man. <laughs> The man was down, Eric, and he just keeps going. He's going like, oh, my God. He's he's looking like a pinata, but he was already on the ground. He's just going, Is Joe Flacco still in the league? Yeah. He, he actually, just got resigned. Think, yeah, it's, it's the Browns, right? It's Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was able yeah. to get a contract to, with the Browns. Oh, good for him. He was, I thought he was a good quarterback for, you know, uh, a New York minute. There there was, there was uh, one actually, season. Yeah, there was, there was that – and and he had a great playoff run to, to mm-hmm. lead into that Super Bowl. He played at a, at a, the highest of levels for that. Basically, earned him a contract, and then after that, that became it. a problem. <laughs> he was never able to justify that contract ever again. But for one season and one playoff run, he earned all his money. And, but but at least for a moment in time, he was an elite quarterback. For a moment in time, he well, was. I, Not I, everybody I, can say that. Yeah. Not everybody can say that. I can't. But clearly, don't pick on him or else Bobbles will find you. He's oh, going to get you. It, it was just an open invitation as a Dolphins fan. I mean, if you're going to, like, make fun of a quarterback or whatever, or whatever, you know, so be it. But don't pick a Super Bowl winning quarterback when your team is like, y'all are still popping champagne because you had an undefeated season 50-plus years ago. I mean, right. that's great. But that's the last time you've been relevant. See, Eric, you're only getting a taste. The man, the man had two memes, two memes from from the from the from the concussion he got. The, the, the man, there was. I'm not exaggerating. Like just laying into laying into the body while it's on the ground, well, kicking it a couple of times. Bad mouth, Mister Flacco, under any circumstances. Then. I was gonna say, just leave, leave, leave the man be, or else, like I said, Bobbles woke up and chose violence. And frankly, I was both, I was both horrified and tremendously entertained. So, that's horrified awesome. and it's all in good fun. No, no harm, no foul. Oh, that's not what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> until yeah, until the next time, until the next time we hear a little Flacco slant, and all of a sudden, Bob was like, "What did you say?" I'm hearing <laughs> that there's a man in Florida curled up in the fetal position, sucking his thumb in a dark room right now. But you know, okay, yeah, all in fun. That's after I, it's all in fun, my friend. All in all fun. Fun. I don't think he ever re- responded anymore. He's terrified. He's in witness protection right now. Like he's he's like he's like I need to hide. It's like the 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 angry Santa Claus man is about to get me. It's like, geez. It's like you are literally the bad Santa. We'll get you the hat and you're good to go, man. It's like Jolly Saint Nick. Hell no. There's no jolliness over there. He's only happy when he kills. It's crazy. It's crazy. But yes, yes hey, Jenny Ben scored a goal, but we're losing. hey, ah, the Renaissance. Well, at least we got a, at least we got something out of it. Uh, so uh, quickly, I'll touch on. Uh, I'm happy. I'm happy the Packers won. I'm happy they showed improvement. I'm happy Jordan Love had a good game, um, but it's not helping. I, I was just sitting there going like, oh no, now they're gonna have hope, and th- th- there's no playoff run <laughs> forthcoming. This doesn't help. Like this, this doesn't actually. I actually would have loved if he had played well and they had just narrowly lost. That would have been like the best of all worlds because in reality, it doesn't help the team in any way, shape, or form, really, to win any games this season. This season is not going anywhere. Like that team's not the way as currently constructed, they're not gonna advance anywhere. And I'm sitting there like 
it does us no good whatsoever to have any kind of a run, even even in theory. You know, they're not mathematically eliminated, but it's like, guys, guys, this doesn't help anybody. <laughs> I assure you, it doesn't help. Uh, but I am glad that they showed a little progression. He's had a couple of good games in a row, uh, had a good performance this past game, which was nice. Uh, that's really all you're shooting for. We've, we've talked about it in previous weeks. It's like, all you're shooting for is like, I just like to see progression, you know, a little bit here and there, show some flashes of, you know, capability. Uh, some of the players gelling a little bit. That's good. But it, it's it's kind of weird to be like, oh, technically, it's not that I'm rooting for losses, but it's like wins don't help me. Being mediocre <laughs> doesn't really do anything for anybody. It they just played- kind of leaves you. They played the Chargers, didn't they? Yeah, the Chargers, yep. And both, uh, I think I heard Bosa got hurt or something. I believe that's right, yeah. I believe that's right. Yeah. So it's a, so we'll see. Like, uh, you know, on to the next. Let's see, let's see what happens. But it's it's one of those things like, mm, okay, let, let's see what goes down here. We'll have to see how it goes. But uh, again, I continue with the theme of this football season. It's weird. This this football season is very strange. Um, I still don't know what to make heads or tails of it. And stupid. I've talked about this uh, before. Like I have um, where where we are um, online gambling is legal because you can use certain sites and things that are perfectly allowed. It's perfectly fine. They even got geolocation blocks things where the, you actually, it actually has to confirm your location. As long as you're in the correct location though, you're good to go. Um, But where I am, it's, it's, it's allowed as long as you're using the, the correct things. But, and I like to put the odd wager on the NFL, but this season for the most part, I've looked at it and go, I have some of it, the odds are, you know, if one team is clearly so much better than the other, the odds are garbage anyway. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. there's no point in touching that. Any parlays that I might want to do, okay, who's going to break this parlay? Who's going to do something crazy and wacky and ruin the thing? And I'm sitting there like, I, I don't like just throwing money into an incinerator. <laughs> so so I'm not into that. Uh, so I'm sitting there like, I feel like my best move is stay away. Like just stay back and like, all right, y'all figure it out. Maybe when we get to the playoffs, we'll have some kind of, well, some gauge in what's going on, but right now in the regular season, I have no earthly idea from week to week what we're going to see from any of these teams. So that's kind of where I'm at. Right now, I was listening to uh, sports radio today, and they were going over how many starting quarterbacks are injured in this league this year. Yeah. And there, it is an outrageous number. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a very, very high number of starting quarterbacks that have been injured this year. They think it has, you know, in, you know, these are these sports experts who talk about this stuff every day. They think it's because the defensive lines as a whole in the NFL have become unbelievably athletic and powerful where the offensive lines have not. So the offensive line play has not kept up with the defensive uh, line play. And they're getting to the quarterbacks or making them hurry, and the quarterbacks are getting hurt. Being a Patriots fan and watching the Patriots games every week, there is no doubt that that is the reason the Patriots are doing poorly. That and there are no wide receivers there's no tight there's no one to throw the ball to and mac jones is getting destroyed and he is completely shell-shocked and psychologically ruined every time the ball is snapped because he thinks he's going to get eaten by a 300 pound monster 
Um, but I guess this has been, this is the trend throughout the league. So the teams that you guys are watching, I guess you'd have to take a look at that as are, have your quarterbacks uh, been injured and how dominant or, or, you know, ha- has the defensive, you know, line been to, to your offensive line? Are, are you well, seeing, I mean, are you seeing, you know, your offensive line struggle like here in New England? I've seen I've seen the offense, defense, and special teams struggle at different times during the year. I, I feel like the, I feel like the scoreboard operator is doing great though. I think that I think the scoreboard operators are having a great season right now. They're, they're my pick for team MVP right now. The Patriots have great defense. Um, I mean, we're our defense when it when everyone's healthy um and is on, I mean, we're we're a dominant team. Um our offense is oh, just, what? Uh, Did you just say defense, Patriots and dominant team in the same sentence? Our defense is dominant. Unfortunately, our offense is non-existent. And the defense is on the field for so much, they're exhausted and beaten up by the end of every game. Because they, they, they're just out there constantly because it's, you know, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Oh, it's been intercepted. Oh, it's been sacked, stripped, this, fumbled. And oh, and defense comes back on these guys are just getting beaten up this year they're just on the field too much because the offense so just just to clarify can you say that patriots and and dominant team in the same can you clarify that again no the patriots are not a dominant team the patriots as a whole suck the Patriots' defense is very strong and is very good, but they are on the field too much and are beaten up and exhausted because the offense is so poor, which is because the offensive line cannot do anything to, to protect Mac Jones, and he has no one to throw to. And he uh, also can't throw. The Patriots' defense, just just to let you know, They've given up the third most points in the entire AFC. Yeah, I, I've explained that. If you're That's on the not field, dominant. if you're on, if you're, if you're on, I feel the, if I feel if Zappe was involved more in this, if I think I, I would like some more Zappe for the majority of the game. You're exhausted, and you can't. By the end of the game, you're letting people score. Okay, but, but Eric, you can't question just be dominant on the first drive. Well, hold, on, hold on. There's two. There's two points I want to make to this because I, I don't want to go all the way down the NFL rabbit hole. We could, we could, but we're we're gonna we're gonna chill out on that for a second. But my thought is, isn't it concerning to you that the team is so worn out and exhausted? Given that you, as you've already discussed, the home stadium is a tiny little mini stadium. It's it's very small. The field is like the field is like a micro machine field. It's it's super tiny. It's it's tiny small. Should it like like by a single leap? By a, a person of average height should get us from one end zone to another. Like we should literally be going seem that way. Like I, yeah. I, I'm trying to get all this. Like there's a lot of things going around in my head right now. I'm trying to get my head around it, and I'm very concerned. And the only thought I have is maybe Zappi will save us. That's all I got. I think they should bring the Celtics in on offense because they're really tall and they have lo- take their steps are longer, so mm. they would be able to get down the field easier. Mm. They have really long strides because they're like seven feet tall. So well, I think they the, Celtics, the playoffs, though. I think the Celtics should, um, you know, come play offense for the Patriots. 
Well, maybe the Patriots should have brought in the Bruins because they're good in the regular season and then not, not good otherwise. And the Patriots could take over in the playoffs and maybe they'd be fine. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate Bring it. it all together. Same one. Bring it all together. I was, wrap it up I was thinking the same thing on the Celtics. I mean, mm-hmm. they get to the playoffs. but mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important. You listen, you got to have a regular season to get to the playoffs. So it's important. So on that bombshell, and the tiniest little football stadium in the entire league per Eric, the tiniest little micro machine of a stadium with tiny mm. little fields. Uh, so we've got that to look forward to. We'll discuss that more. And then uh, one of the things we discussed before we actually started recording is uh, maybe we'll come back around uh, to the topic. Uh, this will be something maybe we can discuss next week, unless something crazy happens. You know, if somebody sets themselves on fire, uh, we can discuss a little bit about the value proposition of boxes, which we all know about. But there's, I think, some stories and some things we can talk about related to that. And I'll relay it to some of the stuff that I talked about for the expo. But then we can expand upon it with other box breaks and things like that. Have a little fun with it. Or if something else crazy comes up, then we can discuss it at length at that time. But like I said, hopefully you folks enjoyed the little reverse side of the way we did the podcast this week. Wanted to get that main topic covered because there's a lot of ground. We actually ended up talking about it for a bit and covered a lot of different angles on it. So hopefully you got folks get something out of that. But for this episode, go ahead. I just have one quick thing. If people made it this far. Because I don't know if I've ever told you, and Eric probably wouldn't understand. I'm not going to go into this too much. Mm. But during the episode, I've had a sale on eBay. And since we talk about cards and, you know, selling cards and all that stuff, would you believe that I have been selling? This is my third one now. Stupid little enema. Yes, enemas. Plush stuffed animal enemas. For $30 a piece, and people are buying them. There you go. We'll close on that. Just think about that a minute. Like an enema? Yeah. And they're. But it's a stuffed animal guy. He looks like a super. I'm so happy. I am so happy that there will be an audio version where people are trying to figure out. They're like, (laughs) what is Eric doing that they're responding to? It's like, unfortunately, you're going to have to see the YouTube version to understand. And the look on Eric's face during this entire sequence is a great way to finish off. All right, I'm going to move on. First, I want to thank our friends at AMG Collectibles for promoting whatever the hell this is. My apologies. The first part of the show was really good, though. The first part of the show was really good. There was a lot of good stuff in that first part. Uh, Otherwise, though, uh, more uh, videos coming up on the YouTube channel. Uh, live streams on Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Between now and then, Eric will be trying to figure this whole thing out. So hopefully by Friday, he's got it put together. Uh, I want to emphasize again, no AMG podcast episode this week because the folks are a little under the weather from their trip back from the expo. Hopefully they'll feel better. Best of luck to them. And we should be back on a regular schedule after that. And then going forward, we'll also uh, mention off the top, We'll cover different news type topics when they're appropriate. That isn't the main mandate of the channel, but it is something I still enjoy doing from time to time. But we will pick and choose. In a situation like the conversation we had at the beginning and on Friday, I thought it was a worthy discussion because it's somebody who has a platform in the space, for better or worse, and there was plenty to talk about from that perspective. So I want to thank uh, Brandon, Bubbles and Ball Cards. On the YouTube channel, you can check it out. He does SGC submissions, uh, and you can check out some previous stuff that he's done on the channel there related to that. And also 540 Flips, if you want to check that out on YouTube, is the reselling channel where he does some things related to that as well. Sanderson to Ori's Eric. There you go. And Eric will be thinking about that at least until until the end of the week. Eric at Sanderson Door on Instagram, you can send him hate. Uh, moving beyond that, though, uh, you can also hit the like button, and then Eric gets charged for it so that he doesn't have to spend all his time looking at really tiny football fields 
somewhere in Massachusetts. So help them out with that if you could. That'd be really awesome. Really small ones, like tiny, <laughs> tiny. Incredible. Incredible that professional athletes actually participate in such a small small venue. It's, it's craziness. But maybe that's how they won all the Super Bowls. I got questions. Now, now I got some additional questions. That seems like a home field advantage having a tinier stadium than everybody <laughs> else. But anyway, so for that, for, from that, from Brandon Bobbles and Ball of Cards, Eric Sanderson, Dora, and myself, thank you all for checking this one out. And we'll be back in the next one. <laughs>